0: Welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you're with. I'm so very glad that you are here with us for this Christmas season message. I hope that you're having a great sense of the holidays. Hope you're experiencing the goodness of God. We're in this series, we're calling it a put the Mary back into Christmas. And I, I love that I heard that old familiar song this week, have yourself a merry little Christmas. You know, that's more than a A superficial wish. It's it's the reality of what God wants for us. He wants to do something in our lives that brings real joy to our hearts. And uh, if you've been around for this series, you know uh, that the foundation is what God has done in sending his son uh, into the world to become the salvation for the world. And uh, the prophet Isaiah, uh, hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, uh, spoke These very familiar words often quoted at this time of year. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. That would be all of us. A light has dawned. And uh, here's the nature of that light. Uh, For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government, the kingdom of God will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And you know that if you receive uh, that kind of uh, care from uh, the king of kings born in human flesh, uh, you allow him to be your counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting father, and your prince of peace, well, you've gone a long ways towards putting the Mary back in your Christmas. Uh, But we've uh, gotten practical in the series and looked at some things we can do to open the door wider uh, to God uh, coming with his kingdom influence through the person of Jesus into our lives and our circumstance. And one of the ways we do that is by opening the gift of hospitality. We take risks. We open our hearts to people. We make room uh, for uh, people not like us, uh, maybe people that don't like us. Uh, We find ways to kind of extend the welcome mat To others, and lo and behold, uh, we cause our own joy factor uh, to go up. Uh, Second week, we looked at uh, share the blessing of generosity, uh, kind of respond uh, more openly to the invitation of Jesus when He said, "Freely you've received, well, freely give," and not just of your, your your treasures, but your time, your talents, your mercy, your forgiveness, your compassion, all the things that we can do to actually become a source of blessing to others. And uh, lo and behold, we open up our own hearts to receive back from God more than we could possibly give uh, uh, to him. Well, uh, this week we're going to look at uh, what I call give the gift of faith. Uh, Give the gift of faith away to others. Before we get into that, I want to tell you a story about a guy who became a very good friend of mine, a guy named Larry. And, uh, you know, uh, Larry had an unusual ability to make money. It seemed like anything he touched was successful. And uh, when I started getting to know Larry, he'd opened a new restaurant, and uh, this thing was flourishing. It was filled to capacity from day one. And uh, as I I got to know uh, this uh, really unique man, uh, I remember one Christmas Eve, we were having multiple services at the very large church that I worked at. I was greeting folks as they came up uh, to the back door uh, where the major parking lot was. I think it was one of six services we did uh, that Christmas Eve. And uh, lo and behold, here came my friend Larry. And as I shook his hand, he came in the door. I said, how you doing, Larry? And he said, uh, he made this quote I'll never forget. He said, you know, I'm still searching for the magic of Christmas I just haven't been able to find it this year and uh, you know that uh, it really kind of nicked the place in my heart when I heard those words from Larry because I knew he was expressing uh, something very deep in fact uh, not long after that I had uh, lunch with Larry on one occasion he was the kind of guy uh, he'd take a napkin out and map out a strategy for a six-figure project he was going to do for a client. And uh, one particular day, he, uh, he took a napkin out, and he drew a picture, a little stick man. He said, that's me. And then he drew another st- stick character with horns and a pitchfork. He said, that's the devil. He goes, you know what I think he's always occupied with? Uh, poking me. And uh, he's just finding a way to make my life miserable. Uh, but, you know, sadly... A number of years later, uh, my good friend Larry uh, died of a massive heart attack uh, induced by an overdose of cocaine. And uh, though he never uh, found that uh, magic he was looking for, he did find Jesus Christ, and uh, he just spent the next few years trying to dig his way out of the hole he'd kind of clawed his way into. And when I think about his comment, I haven't found the magic of Christmas You know, I think there's something uh, all of us uh, kind of uh, look to uh, to provide an extra spark uh, through the holidays. And we're not talking about voodoo or sorcery or black arts or anything of that uh, evil and dark nature. In fact, when you look at the word magical, uh, here's kind of how it's described. Having a special, exciting quality that makes things different and better. You know, when you read those words, That's what my friend Larry was searching for uh, through the holiday season, having a special, exciting quality that makes things different and makes things better. In fact, this added definition, having things happen that would usually be impossible. And I think we can all relate to that, is that need uh, for some added uh, momentum and spark and goodness in our lives. And that things happen that kind of are unexplainable. I started reading some stories of Christmas miracles. One of them, uh, quite profound, in 1950 when the Korean War was breaking out, there were 14,000 refugees trying to escape the massacres that were happening in North Korea. Well, they found their way to a harbor, and one man commandeered a freight ship, and it was uh, set up to have about 100 uh, 100, uh, passengers on board. Well, he crammed 14,000 North Koreans on that ship. They made a two-day journey between Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and they actually arrived safely with more people than they left with because five women on the ship had babies on that two-day journey. And as they arrived the day after Christmas, everyone who witnessed it said, this is certainly a Christmas miracle. Read another story. A couple of brothers who were 47 stories up on a high rise building cleaning the windows day before or weeks before Christmas. And uh, the scaffolding came loose. They free fell uh, 47 stories to the concrete below. One of the brothers, uh, as you would expect, died instantly. uh, But the other one actually survived, went into a coma, multiple surgeries. The coma remained. And uh, lo and behold, Miraculously, he came out of his coma on Christmas Day, a magical Christmas experience. One other story, a couple 1930s were driving through the desert uh, outside of Phoenix, and uh, they pulled over. one of them had to use the restroom. <laughs> she walked out in the desert, tried to find a place that was a little bit, uh, you know, covered. And uh, lo and behold, she saw a box sitting there in the dirt. She opened the box to find a newborn baby inside. True story. And uh, they never did find out who left this baby there, but they uh, managed to get this child to where it needed to be. It was healthy, survived, grew up and thrived. And uh, this was on Christmas Day. And we all love those experiences of something that's special an exciting quality that makes things different and better and things happen that are uh, unusual You know, I happen to think that what my good friend Larry was looking for, what we all search for in that little, uh, that added zest to life that can come uh, through the events surrounding Christmas. I think what we're looking for and talking about is faith. You know, faith is the ability uh, to see God when he's not clearly evident. Uh, Here's how the writers of the Bible describe this quality that allows God to break in upon our lives. Uh, The writer uh, to the letter to the Hebrews says, now faith is being confident in what we hope for. And hear this? It's the assurance about what we do not see. In other words, it doesn't add up. You can't calculate. There's unusual things going on that are good because uh, you see beyond what is right in front of you. This is what the ancients we're commended for. The writer is talking about guys like Abraham, who, when he looked up at the starry heavens, he saw a good God behind them who wanted to bless his life and fill his life with such good things that he could be a blessing to the entire world. The writer goes on describing faith. He says, By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. In other words, we don't see an impersonal Universe, we look out and we see a mighty God, a wonderful God, who has displayed his divine nature and his eternal power through what he has made. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Uh, By faith, you kind of understand this didn't just happen. There's a good and a personable God behind it all. Finally, he says, without faith, without this ability to see the goodness and the greatness of God. Uh, Beyond what is obvious, it's impossible to please God because anyone who would come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Well, uh, here's what I believe to be true about faith and uh, meeting us at our point of need, coming to us when we're like my friend Larry, who's just kind of searching for some added hope. When we have faith in God, we become open to what God would like to do in our lives. We crack the door open. We uh, Our minds become a little bit more uh, on the search for how God might be active in the ordinary circumstance of our lives. Well, what does this have to do with Christmas? I believe this with all my heart. The reason Christmas has that magical quality, that special, uh, you know, that, that oh holy night, kind of uh, activity of God is because it's a story of faith. The magical and faith-filled Christmas story is, uh, is profound, and uh, we're invited to invite that story uh, into our own circumstance. Uh, I think of the number of uh, times when angels appeared during the Christmas story. I think about uh, one guy named Zechariah. Uh, He was serving God in the temple. He'd been designated the one to go into the inner sanctum, the Holy of Holies. He was offering there uh, a a, a sacrifice, a smoke offering, an incense offering to God. And uh, an angel appeared and said, Zechariah, you're going to have a child. He was in his old age. His wife was in her old age. And uh, he questioned the angel. He said, how can this be? <laughs> We're both uh, pretty far along in years. And the angel said, uh, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. All things are possible. Because you didn't believe, you're going to be silent until this baby comes along. And then you have uh, a Matthew recording uh, another appearance of an angel, this one, uh, to a virgin named Mary. And he says, uh, Mary. God is going to do something profound in you, out of the ordinary, something that would otherwise be impossible. You're going to have, you're going to carry the son of God. Uh, Joseph, her husband, he had three angelic encounters. uh, One of them saying, don't be afraid to take this now pregnant woman that you're engaged to. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife. An angel came to him again in a dream and said, you better get out of town. Herod's fixing to kill your newborn baby. And then a third time when they're in Egypt, again, an angelic appearance telling Joseph, it's time to go back uh, to uh, the nation of Israel. Well, probably one of the most profound, uh, magical uh, Christmas nights was when the angel, uh, angelic choir appeared to a group of shepherds out in the field. were told, uh, as there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shined around them, and they were terrified. You know, you're beginning to get a glimpse of what uh, angelic beings are like when you see them as they are. And, uh, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good, noise, good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And here's that good news. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You go find it. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly uh, to this one impressive, imposing figure of an angel. There was a great crowd of angels that appeared with that one. They were praising God. They were saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had gone back to their heavenly abode, had left them, gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Well, let's go check this out. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, this magical, out of the ordinary, that makes life better thing. Let's go see what the Lord has told us about. Uh, You know, uh, angels are such a part of the Christmas story, and they really uh, depict uh, heaven breaking in upon our darkened planet. You know, the ancients uh, used to, the ancient theologians, as they looked out upon the stars, uh, they used to say they were like pinpricks and that every star was a pinprick, and if you could see through it to the other side, you would see the brilliance of heaven uh, shining through the darkness. That's a great picture of the story of Christmas. We have uh, the word of God, uh, Jesus, who is the light of all mankind, being clothed. With flesh being born uh, in this world and uh, in every one of these uh, experiences leading up to the birth of Christ, there's an angelic visitation. And uh, because they're so much a part of the Christmas story, I wanna share with you a few things about angels that the Bible teaches. Number one, they're innumerable. You can't count them, there's so many. They're referred to as a, a great host. The heavenly host, innumerable angelic personalities that are a part of reality. We just don't see them all the time. In fact, one of the writers of the Bible says sometimes they show up as people, and we may, in our efforts to be hospitable, end up entertaining one of these emissaries of God. Well, here's the second thing the Bible teaches about angels. They are powerful these are not your, uh, you know, your, your little uh, angelic friends that come along for the ride. These are imposing, impressive beings of God. They are powerful. Thirdly, they worship God. They've got their hearts in the right place. There's no ambiguity with what they're all about. They're, they're focused entirely on uh, responding to the greatness and the goodness of God. Fourthly. Uh, Angels throughout the Bible are messengers of God. They come with uh, timely words. They come with announcements. They come with proclamations that change the course of history. And certainly that was true on this Christmas Eve and this Christmas event. And finally, uh, angels usher people toward God. You know, uh, one of the teachers in the New Testament, one of the letters uh, says that the devil himself can masquerade as an angel of light. And uh, here's a, a, a litmus test about uh, angelic encounters. If they don't uh, move you toward God and the, the lordship of Jesus Christ, they're probably counterfeit. Well, uh, here's uh, the point I want to make in all this. If uh, Christmas is all about this inbreaking of the otherworldliness of God, heaven breaking in upon earth, Uh, Faith being the ability to perceive, to respond to. You know, we sometimes uh, theologize about why in the world would God give this angelic announcement, this choir experience to a group of shepherds out in the field. And uh, we use that to say, well, uh, God will come to anyone in any circumstance. And I believe that with all my heart. But I also believe this. Uh, God tends to go where there's faith. Uh, God shows up in situations where people see beyond what's normal and ordinary, and they see the ability of a creator God and the goodness of God displayed through what he has made and through the witness of his spirit. Uh, God tends to move towards those, whether they're a a young teenage virgin or a a group of shepherds. Uh, God inhabits places where there is faith. In fact, we're told in one of the gospels, There were some places Jesus could not do any mighty works because of the absence of faith. And so here's a question I want to leave you with. Uh, Can we actually give faith to others? Uh, Can we stir up? Can we ignite? Can we awaken faith in people that don't believe that God is good and that God is for them and would like to do good things in their lives? Well, as I thought about that question myself, there's this great episode, the Old Testament, A prophet named Elisha, he had faith. He believed that God was immediately accessible and that God sent angels uh, on behalf of his purposes in the lives of people. And there's one occasion where Elijah and his servant, they're surrounded by an army wanting to do them in. And uh, Elijah's servant starts freaking out. And We have this response from Elijah. He prayed, And he said, God, uh, open my servant's eyes so that he can see. And we're not talking about physical sight. We're talking about someone who could see beyond the obvious and see that God was poised, ready to move on their behalf. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah and what's being described here. Is that uh, they saw a, a heavenly host surrounding them, protecting them, caring for them. You know, I read a story this week about two missionaries who went to a, a remote island in the South Pacific. And uh, as they began to establish a, a home, get, uh, make a place on that island, uh, the tribes people decided they didn't want them there. And so they came to their home one night with torches, they were going to burn their house down. And the two missionaries inside prayed, asked God to protect them. They were surprised the next morning their house had not been torched. Their adversaries were gone and never quite figured out what happened. Well, as the story unfolds, one of those tribesmen eventually became a follower of Jesus. He was visiting with the two missionaries, and they asked him the question about a year ago. And when your group showed up, with torches to burn our house down Uh, why didn't you what happened and uh, as this man recounted he said well we wondered where all those really large people came from and the missionary said what large people he said well uh, all of a sudden surrounding your house were these very large men in armor with swords drawn and we didn't want anything to do with them you know it's a great story But uh, can we actually give that expectation and anticipation, not just uh, angels, but the activity of God who is demonstrated through Jesus that he wants to be involved in our lives? Well, uh, here's a great episode in uh, from the life of Jesus. Uh, He was in a house uh, with a bunch of people, and the, the way that Luke records it, he said the power of God was with Jesus to heal people. So he was. And uh, some friends came with a, a friend of theirs who was paralyzed. They wanted him to get in the presence of Jesus so he could be made well. They arrived at the house. It was too packed. They couldn't get in. Uh, so they turned around and sadly went home. No. <laughs> it, the way the story is recorded, they climbed up on the roof, dug a hole, lowered their friend uh, on a stretcher, into the very presence of jesus and that uh, when jesus saw this incredible uh, act of faith uh, he said guys you just ruined someone's roof and no when jesus saw their faith he said friend your sins are forgiven now this is really important when jesus saw their faith it allowed this man's sins to be forgiven and eventually his legs to be healed I want to give you a few takeaways. Uh, How can our faith help someone else? Uh, How can we use our belief that God is good, that he's broken through into our world? He's demonstrated his nearness through the presence, the coming of Jesus Christ. Well, here's a few takeaways. Uh, How do we ignite faith in others? Well, number one, uh, act on the faith that you do have. You know, if you get up in the morning you believe that God is good and God is powerful and he wants to do good things in your life, well, begin to live into that and begin to talk about your expectations and begin to uh, thank God for his faithfulness and his mighty deeds on your behalf. Maybe it's just giving you the ability to face another day, to have hope, you know, to believe that even the challenging things He is turning into good in your life. The more we act on the faith we have, it's like building a muscle. It becomes stronger and stronger with exercise. Uh, Secondly, uh, make friends with people who need faith. Uh, Think of this guy on the stretcher. If he didn't have some friends who cared about his condition, he never would have made his way into the presence of Jesus where his sins could be forgiven, his body could be healed. And You know, there's uh, people all around us who needs someone who believes in the goodness of God expressed through Christ to befriend them, to hang out with them. Begin to share uh, your faith journey with others who don't have faith but need to see what it looks like in real life. And then thirdly, uh, very practically, uh, bring your friends who need faith to Jesus. Uh, Don't think about the obstacles. Think about what it needs, what needs to happen to get people you know who don't have faith into the presence of Jesus that can begin with prayer. You know, it's said that uh, the real call of a, of a Christian is to talk to God about people and to talk to people about God, uh, to be able to uh, call out to Jesus on behalf of our friends who need faith and then to talk to our friends who need faith about a God who loves them and cares for them and came to visit them in a very exceptional way. I want to invite you to pray with me. Uh, Lord, uh, we just want to thank you for the miracle of Christmas. What an amazing reality that uh, eternal, invisible, all-powerful God uh, took on human flesh, uh, came in uh, to very humble circumstance. As John would record, uh, the, the word of God became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and his life was the light of of all mankind, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your light, those pinpricks, those stars in the heavens remind us that we've been visited, that life is here, accessible, touchable. Wherever you're at as you're hearing these words, if you've never exercised that faith that God wants to give you to respond to the governance of Jesus, the lordship of Jesus, you can do it right now. Say, Lord, uh, thank you for being my wonderful counselor, for being my everlasting father, for showing me the the might and the power of God, for leading me into your peace. I pray in your wonderful name. Amen.